Some brands are legendary. In every category, someone sets the standard, and some companies create raving fans. Join Scott Wozniak and Caitlin Johnson of Swaz Consulting as we dig into the tactics and tools behind great organizations. How did the legends do it? And how can you become a legendary brand too? Welcome back. And I'm excited to introduce to some of you, some of you might've heard her on my other podcast, but Caitlin Johnson. Now you might be wondering, where's Jack Fussell? Jack is still around and a great friend, but uh, for a long story short, Jack, some of his other projects are taken off and he's not able to continue here. So we have a really fun opportunity with that opening to start talking with Caitlin, who I've known for a while. Caitlin, we've been working together for a few years now. Yes, uh, I know. And so Caitlin knows all our stuff, but also comes from some pretty cool brand backgrounds. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But Caitlin, welcome to the podcast. Excited to go through this with you. Thank you, Scott. I'm so excited to be here with you and to continue the conversations and to kick off where we left off. And so the next gear in the engine is all about memorable moments. Yes, memorable moments. Yeah. If you if you have the diagram, you know, look up online or something, it's the last little gear. Um, you know, we we had fuel pouring in the engine. We have this big fat gear. That's customer insight. The big fat gear is operational excellence. We have a little gear for personalized service. And this is also a little gear. Remember, if you get operational excellence right, this doesn't have to be a ton of time and money. But man, it makes such a difference because what we found is that if you did all the rest of the engine and you don't do memorable moments, man, they love you and they aren't telling anyone about you. I mean, there's a world of difference between uh, loving fans and raving fans. Raving mm -hmm. fans actually rave, you know, <laughs> does, mm -hmm. does it do us any good to, to have private, the secret lovers, right? This is it's like your secret <laughs> admirer club, not yeah, what you're no. looking for here. Um, so, so how do we get them to talk? Well, this is where we got into this whole like study and process and what do you do? And, and I'll just say this, it's not advertising now, now you should advertise. Advertising is good for your company. It, it's a good job of creating awareness. Uh, technically, we call it mind share or share of mind. When they think of your category, do you even come to mind, right? Mm -hmm. If they're hungry and you're a restaurant, do they even think of you, right? If you're a hotel, do they even think you exist when it's time to book a, a place to stay? But once you have awareness, more advertising doesn't create raving fans. You can, you can just keep getting more and more awareness. But it, the really way you get raving fans is you got to create a story-worthy experience, some sort of moment that pops in their memory and gets them to start talking. See, uh, well, okay, okay, Caitlin, I'm I'm going to describe this with Star Wars. Uh, this is my okay, favorite way right. to do it. Okay, sounds maybe, good. Maybe because it works. Maybe because I have a Jedi robe and lightsaber in my closet. No, yeah. it's not. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. You know, it's for the kids. It's just yeah, no. Heck, no. I want to be a Jedi, right? Like that's yes, yes, that's the jam. Right? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's the whole reason why we love those movies. Is, I mean, I may or may not, when I was young, have reached out and said, "Can I feel the force?" <laughs> Hasn't happened yet, but maybe someday, oh. Caitlin. I I will say this has nothing to do with leadership or great organizations, but uh, this may be a pro tip for some some dads out there who want to be heroes. If you learn your grocery store doors, you know the sliding doors that open oh, on right. the when you get close. Yes, yeah. I, I figured out the crack in the sidewalk that when I step on that crack, the doors are going to open. Right, I hit the sensor, and then sure. you put your fingers out and you wave your hand, in the front, right when you walk there. 
Listen, for I think till my epic. kids were five or six, they're pretty sure dad could just I was like, don't worry, kids, dad's got this. And I would dad had the the crack and wave the fingers. Yeah. 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 Eventually, I think they figured out the door opened anyway. But, you know, for a while, for a while, I had the force. OK, so back to actual leadership. So it's Star Wars. Here's the mistake. Before we get into how to do it, we got to bust a myth on what not to do. Because we see a lot of companies try to figure this out and they make it and it doesn't go anywhere. They put all this money into these epic experiences and these cool stories and, and then nobody talks about them. Because what they try to do is they, they're they like me. They want to be Luke Skywalker, right? They want to be the hero that saves the day. They're going to be the, the Jedi who... Who, and then, so the whole story, the whole experience is look at how awesome our company is. We're awesome. Check us out. And, and it makes sense, right? I want to be the hero too. And it doesn't matter if I mean, they might even believe you that you're a hero, right? Like, oh, I'll check him out. They don't want to tell your story. They want to tell their story. And that is the key insight here. If you want to create a moment they want to talk about, then you have to make them the hero of the story. It doesn't do you any good to have them believe you're awesome. Honestly, by this point, they kind of already do. Now, maybe you get a little boost to that. Now, but if you make a story where they feel awesome, then that's a story they want to tell everyone about. See, the question your customers are asking at this stage of the relationship, how do I feel about myself when I'm with you? I mean, it, it's- so that's the secret. Yes. You know, it's not conscious. It's subconscious most of the time, right? Most people aren't actually saying it out loud, but- I mean, this is like deep human psychology. Honestly, all of us are asking this question all the time. Uh, it's a big part of how we pick our brands and careers and friends. It's not just how do we feel about them. It's how do we feel about ourselves while we're with them. It's a big deal. So the the Star Wars metaphor, here's why I go there. Partly because I, I might want to nerd out, but partly because yeah. so I don't get to play the hero. Um, you know what I do get to play? We get to be Yoda. I mean, that, that's the genius here. We're in the story. Otherwise, there's no value to the story to our brand, right? So if we want a story that they love, but also drives attention and value back to us, then we make a story where they're awesome and we're the wise mentor. We're the guide that helps them realize, hey, you really are a Jedi. You're kind of awesome. Again, how do I feel about myself when I'm with you? So you create this moment to celebrate them and they get to do something that's awesome. And they prove to themselves in the world, man, I really am a Jedi. I'm pretty awesome in this category. And then they will go tell the world that story. Humble brag about you in the process. But really, it's just an excuse to do this. All right. So, so let's play with some brands who actually do this and give you some, some like examples on the stories. We'll start with kind of the message behind the, the madness, right? Like Harley Davidson might be a really fun one here. I, I don't Caitlin, I've, I've never asked this. Are you a motorcycle person? Do you, do you, ride? Uh, you know, I'm not, I have not had a chance to sit on a Harley Davidson. Have you, have you ridden any motorcycles ever? Uh, does a scooter in college count? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure the hog riders are going to say no to the scooter. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not a Harley guy, but some of my closest friends and, and, you know, their buddies that they, they like do weekend rides and all that nonsense. Um, I mean, it's a thing like, you know, Hey, pro tip, uh, when they tattoo your logo on their body, they might be a raving fan, right? Just a little bit, <laughs> subtle. Right? Yeah. It's a subtle sign. So now, okay. Before somebody clicks, we have comments that are like, ah, Harley, didn't they, didn't they have trouble? Yeah. Yeah. There was a season where Harley was it, man. Like they were tattoos and jackets and the jam. And then, and then they they sold to a company and lost their quality and the operational excellence, you know, without trust, it's kind of hard. But 
they're back. By the way, if you have not been to a Harley dealer in the last, I don't know, seven years or so, it's it's an experience. Even if you never want to buy one, you should probably check it out just to see how they've designed the customer experience. It's not a normal situation. So uh, yeah, they're not perfect, but there was a chunk of time and you can study how they did it. You know, the operations were great. Uh, if you don't know, there's no such thing as a standard Harley. They're all custom. Every part can be tweaked and modified. And so it's not just a, you know, off the shelf generic thing. You know, personalized moments. And then you get to the memorable stuff when they go on the rides and do the things. And what is the feeling Harley creates? So, Caitlin, you probably can guess what the research says a Harley rider feels when they're on their bike. What do you think they feel? Oh, I'm, I'm thinking freedom, you know, yes. wind blowing yes. out of space. Yes, it's excitement and thrill. It, it, it's wild, dangerous, and free. Like, mm. listen, the rest of y'all might be domesticated. But not me. I am still a bad Mamba Jamba, right? Like I, yeah. yes, dear, I'll be home at five, right? Like there's some part of my world, maybe my other vehicle's a minivan, but dang it, I'm still a bad Mamba Jamba. Like that wild freedom is the deal. Now, why do they wear the jacket and do all the stuff then? It's because Harley's their way to say to the world, hey, I'm still awesome. I feel yeah. awesome about myself, right? And so they they give all the credit to Harley and the brand thing, but it's a public statement. Now, before everyone over-optimizes on this, they're like, okay, okay. So raving fans is crazy. It's all about wild and dangerous. Like yeah, maybe because you know, you know who else is raving fans? Volvo, right? Volvo. Now, Volvo. Now there are people who go nuts, only drive Volvos. It's all they do. Like it's their jam, right? Now what's Volvo famous for? Safety. Yeah. I mean, like, mm -hmm. no, you know, solid machine, operational excellence, pick your models. You got personal touches. Absolutely. But, but how does a Volvo right driver feel about themselves when they drive their car? They feel safe. And, and the research would say the little bit superior, like what's wrong with the rest of you morons, right? Like, why am I the only one in the safest car on the road? Yeah. Like, so like, so is it, is it safe? Is it dangerous? Is it, you know, free? Is it smug? Like what's, what's the feeling we're going for here? This is the key. You do not just guess. This is why customer insight is so valuable. It can work. Yes. The question is, what do your customers want to feel? Mm. And you're going to get soccer mom Sarah is going to want a different feeling than business owner Beth. They're the same age. They have the same stats, but but they're actually looking for a little bit different, something different. If you remember that episode, by the way, if you've not listened to that one, go back and listen to the customer inside episode. Charlie and Ozzy, totally different things. They look similar, but what they really want out of your brand is a different feeling. Um, let me give you a really obvious example of this. Um, in the airline world, probably the two most successful airlines in the last decade or 15 years have been Southwest Airlines and Delta Airlines. Mm -hmm. Airlines is a rough business. They've had some uh, difficult times. And, and Southwest, sadly, for the first time ever, seems to have some trouble with its customer brand right now. Delta used to be struggling. They're killing it now. But there's a chunk where they both have done well. But the reason I bring them up is it's the exact same service. Like you got to go to the same building, takes sure. you to the other location. Like it's the right. same experience. Fine. And they add just a little tweak. And Southwest is optimized for the individual social vacation traveler. It's a party in the sky. They're going to tell jokes. You got random seating. You never know who you're yeah, going to sit yeah. by, right? It, it's fun. And it, there's, there's no first class. It's all very fast and efficient, right? Mm -hmm. Delta is not optimized for that. Delta is optimized to make the business traveler feel like mm -hmm. they're a big deal. It's all about prestige. Mm -hmm. Like, listen, everybody knows the way to board a plane is not front to back. 
Like this isn't hard. It's not the fastest way to board a plane, but it's important to Delta that they board first class first. Not only is it, Southwest doesn't even have first class, right? Step one, first class boards first. They're like, um, uh, Miss Johnson, it's time for you to board. Uh, all the rest of you peasants, why don't you sit and wait and watch her? She and they right. have a special little lane for you. It's like you you click your button, you beep into the same machine. But no, no, you stand on this side of the rope because you're special. And then you sit in your throne and you got your mimosa and everybody's like Aww. walking past Everyone you while you're lounging. Oh yeah, right. it's all yeah. about the pre. Like we're setting this up to be a big deal make you feel like you're a big deal. You're the actual premier customer, the raving fan of Delta and the business travelers. Other people will travel them, but that's not what they're optimized for. Same actual service, like the product is the same thing. And so you can be in the same industry and pick what do my people care about? And so one of it is what do my people care about? And the other half of figuring this out is What's the unique set of tools or history or story of my brand? So some folks might say, hey, I'm a I'm a local company. Like we're we're we're, you know, we're Charlotte local, man. We've been here for generations. Right. And some folks are like, no, no, no. I'm national, baby. Like I'm not local. I'm everywhere. What's better? Like deep local roots, national, you know, Volvo, Harley. Both can work. Right. So right. you you create your own unique set of things that you can talk about that none of your competitors can that match your customers. And they're like, man, those guys are awesome. Cause you know, and then as like Yoda, well, we're just here to help them live out their dreams and kind of be the person they always wanted to be. All right. So you really have to go back to what, what does your customer want? That's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. So, so let's share maybe a couple of practical examples on how people do this and then just kind of like, okay, because this one's probably the most unique and, uh, and, and non-standard of all the business stuff that we're talking about in this engine. Most of the, some of the other stuff's like, oh yeah, I should, operational excellence, right? You should probably get good at your basics. And so we have some tactics and tools that are really, you know, useful and meaningful and sometimes new tools for people. But the idea, like, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I'm the first guy who's like, you should get good at your operations. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> we should. Uh, this one though, honestly, we kind of had to make this up when I was at Chick-fil-A, studied a lot of brands, brought in a lot of experts, figured this out. We didn't know. Now, maybe somebody else had also made this up, right? There's a parallel in, in innovation happens, but we didn't know anybody doing this. And so it was kind of a whole new approach. And then I've just kept fiddling with it. And as I've started applying it to other brands and other companies. So for a lot of folks, this is a new concept. This is the new thing. Most people are trying to get raving fans through ads, ads, ads. Like, mm, that's not anywhere near as effective. Um, okay. So how do, how do the other brands actually do it? So I'll saw Chick-fil-A. One of our big sure. ones was a Chick-fil-A daddy daughter date night. So Ooh. Yeah, it usually happened around Valentine's Day. Um, uh-huh. You have to sign up for an advance, it's time slot. You know, I got 6.45 and you would come with your daughter. I, I would take all three of my girls um, and man, it was their dream, Caitlin. Because, well, think about it. They get to dress up all frou-frou, right? Get all fancy. Right. And then they eat the chicken nuggets. That's all they really wanted anyway. I mean, I don't know what your kids were like when they're oh, little. Yeah. But you take them to a fancy restaurant. They're like, I'm sorry, where where are my nuggets? Like, what what are we doing in this place? God, I want that today. Like, take me to a fancy <laughs> restaurant, you know, and I want to get dressed up. <laughs> you know, you know, that's, you know, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe it's not just the kids who want to be able to get fancy and then eat themselves some good nuggets. Um, so they love right. it. So but you show up and they would have like a... Sometimes they have a horse-drawn carriage and you could take a lap around the, it was literally just take one little lap around the building and you get out, you know, 
three minute carriage ride, but it was special. And about half the restaurant, they would cordon off and then put like black tablecloths on those tables, make them fancy. And they would come to your table and say, ma'am, what would you like to order? It's the same menu, but like, you know, you get to order at the table and they would sometimes have like live music. Uh, you know, typically they'd go to one of their staff and be like, Jenny, don't, don't you play the cello? Oh yeah. Yeah. Guess what you're doing on Friday. Um, and so it's super fun because you get to have this beautiful little moment and then, okay, now here's the key. Here's what they train their staff to say. Dads, if you're listening, brace yourself, right? Hey, thanks for being the kind of dad that would bring your daughter to an event like this. The world needs more dads like you. Ooh. Oh, oh, it's like, yeah, I'm dad of the year here, right? Like I, I'm killing it. Who's the hero? I feel like I'm awesome. Now it's Jetta. You know, they're not like, oh, listen, aren't you glad Chick-fil-A cares about your daughter? It's like, we're glad you care about your Girl, daughter. Right. We're glad we could just help you show your daughter how much you love her. That little girl feels like princess. Daddy loves her. That dad feels like he's king of the world. They get to be the hero and Chick-fil-A get, now they do mother, son, mother, daughter, father, son. They do all these family events. They never hit the news. They're never big news. But these get blasted all over social media because what they do is they take your picture and give it to you. You sign up by giving them your email address. So they email yeah. you all your pictures. And uh, what do you think dads do with all those pictures? Of course you're sharing them. I mean, listen, this is breaking news, Caitlin. The world needs to know how good of a dad I am. Like, it's very important that everyone recognizes. Uh, yeah. it's This is the kind of stuff that makes Chick-fil-A the most talked about brand on social media in America. Oh, Not wow. most talked about restaurant, most talked about brand of any category. Now it doesn't often hit the national news and, and, mm -hmm. Not, not to go down a rabbit trail. That's often uh, fake news, uh, wildly <laughs> misrepresented right. sometimes. But, but like it's just there's a every restaurant tries to do one of these memorable moments every month. Over three thousand locations now. Just people get their events, have their personal experience, post about it. Constant conversation in their local communities and to their friend networks. Man, these guys are awesome. Man, these guys are awesome. I mean, wow. It's that is what drives raving fans, not a big, massive, expensive ad campaign. In fact, I'll give you one last Chick-fil-A stat and then, then I'm maybe okay. share a couple, hear a couple of examples, but like, so McDonald's last year spent oh, over $1.5 billion on marketing and advertising in just the domestic U S Oh whoa! massive ad spend. And, uh, they were about 22 billion in sales. I think if I'm getting this right on the, the U S side of just domestic us sales. So Chick-fil-A was about 20 billion in sales last year. So pretty close. They're, they're getting close to being yeah. as big as McDonald's in the U S not McDonald's global. That's a whole other beast, but uh, Chick-fil-A is okay. not international yet. Well, well, okay. Technically they're in, they're in Canada, but, uh, okay, all right. no, no offense. I don't, I don't think Canada counts. Uh, <laughs> I, still I mean, one continent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, we have like, we have a handful of locations. Uh, it's, it's like the U S you know, bonus, like they're, you know, mm -hmm. the Canadian people are listeners are probably, I've listened, I'm some of my best buddies are up there. I do this jokes with them all the time. And they're like, heck no. And we're like, ah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you don't want to be related to us, but you're really, you're like our cousin that you don't, you know, you don't want to be a part of the family where you're yeah, in. Next door um, neighbor. So, um, yeah, you're the next door neighbor that comes and hangs out in the living room all the time. So, okay. <laughs> but, uh, the reason I'm saying this McDonald's 1.5 plus billion Chick-fil-A for similar size. And I would say for significantly higher growth, Chick-fil-A spent, Oh, roughly $50 million last year on advertising. Oh, that's not, a different. not even close. Like yeah. 3% of the McDonald's spend 
and they get more, you know, more sales growth because they have, among other things, raving fans and memorable moments where McDonald's is all ad spend. Mm -hmm. uh, so these are tactical things you do that make your customer have an experience that feels awesome. Okay. Now, but Caitlin, help me out. Cause uh, this is the point in time. I bet some folks are saying, yeah, but like, I'm, I'm an electrical contractor, right. Or, uh, you know, right. I run a legal firm. Like, I don't think we're going to have romantic dinners over contract document signings. Like, uh, how, how do we pull this off in other scenarios? What do other brands do that make this work? That's such a great question. Okay, so I have an idea. And then I know that you've worked with some other industries. So you, I can then pass the baton back to you to see what other ideas you've seen within your space. Go for it. But coming from Ritz-Carlton and a Marriott background, I know that it was part of our culture to train to delight unexpectedly. Mm. And so what did that mean? That meant that we would be looking for opportunities, creating conversations to find out what brings you on this vacation? And if it was an anniversary or a special occasion, a reunion, a business meeting, whatever the case may be, gathering that information would help us find ways to essentially make memorable moments, delight unexpectedly, put something in their room. Like maybe it was a bottle of wine for a business owner who was running the business. And, you know, we knew they would be tired and exhausted at the end of the event here's a nice bottle of wine for you to just wind down literally. Um, yeah. Or, you know, a fun Ritz Carlton is known for, you know, cute little things that they'll do for their guests. So maybe if you're coming with kids, they leave a little stuffed animal because they find out your child loves mm -hmm. elephants, you know, whatever the case is, we're looking for seeking through connection and conversation. What is one thing that we can learn from you so that we can create a memorable moment? That's brilliant. And and you can see the connection between customer insight and memorable moments, right? This is right. why you don't guess. You need this fuel. And when you get to know them, then you show up in a way that meets their story and makes them still awesome. And then, man, you, you're just an excuse for that. So um, one of the ways we've seen, let's say, let's go uh, construction companies pulling okay. out a red carpet, literally rolling out a red carpet. Um, I've okay, had home builders. More. Yeah, so the end of a project, we'd go to our clients and be like, okay, what do you do when it's all done? And they're like, oh, you know, we clean up really good. We do this right. Like, no, no. It's like they're moving in. It's all set up. What do you do? And they're like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. We invoice them. Like, it, this <laughs> yeah. is actually a huge memorable moment for your customer. Think through their frame, not yours. You're done. They're beginning. This is their opportunity to start a new chapter in their life. So they literally bought a red carpet. They roll it out in the front. They have this moment. They make a moment. You walk in on the red carpet and they give you your keys and they take pictures. And, and then of course you post all those pictures and the pictures are like, check out this new family and how great they are. If you're commercial construction, some of our clients in that category say, Hey, check out these, you know, these huge topping off parties and, but not just private. Then they post it publicly. Look at the new business in our area and everybody come check them out. We're glad Yoda, right? We can help set them mm -hmm. up for success. And you throw a big party and make a big deal out of them. That That is the opportunity. The moment, again, celebrates who they are. We just help get them here. Um, so there's a construction, like tactical. But, you know, uh, oh, um, Apple. Apple does this. But Apple, yeah. Apple doesn't throw a live party. They cannot afford to throw a live party for all of us who buy Apple products. Um, Darn it. So Apple has made a memorable moment out of their box opening. 
I mean, it's crazy. Do you know they patented their cardboard box? Okay, that I did not know. Yeah, I there's. I see why. It's crazy. You're like, it's a box. There's so many. Um, it's like 20 patents or something on just the box. It's it's nuts. Wow. Okay, so so they tried to make this moment out of the box. Um, the wrapping's unique. Like it's hard to. I call it the whoosh moment because you just have to pull it crazy <laughs> and it pops. Suddenly, whoosh! It pops open. Uh, you got to earn it. Now, you, you, don't, you don't just open this box. And then the first thing you'll always see is your device in a frame like it's a piece of art. It's this like, oh, you know, like, right. you know, like the little My mermaid starts singing. Song. Right. Oh yeah. And then you like layers and stacks. I mean, it's this whole thing, right? Okay. So, uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to put you on this the spot here. We're going to see if this is actually, Caitlin, do you have any Apple product boxes you guys have not thrown away? You still have hanging around somewhere? Scott, I feel like you're looking right through me. Yes. <laughs> I might have. Okay. So I've got a Mac computer. My husband has a Mac computer. My two kids have Mac computers. We all have iPhones. We might be raving fans. And yes, we might still have all of those boxes. I, okay. So like, like, listen, my wife still has a stack on her nightstand, the computer, <laughs> the phone, the watch stand. It's been years since she's gotten new ones of these things, right? Two, yeah, three years yeah. still there. Uh, and so I'm going to ask you what I ask her, like, what are you, are you using the box? Like what, what like, no. what do you do with it? It's collecting dust in the attic. It's just pretty sitting much, there. pretty much. Yeah. So here, here's my thing. Well, actually, I, I have to check now, Caitlin. Hold on. Okay. Do you keep all your Amazon boxes? Like, it's do we do we have other boxes stacked in the attic? <laughs> no, that okay. be way too many boxes. Okay, that's good because this was about to be a podcast episode on hoarding. That's a whole <laughs> other problem. <laughs> yeah, there's something about the Apple box opening experience that makes it hard for us to throw it away. I mean, I, I've done this all over the country, uh, and it is a persistent pattern. There is a honestly, the majority of the room will put their hands in the air. If I show for hands, they still have the boxes. They made a memorable moment out of the box opening, the packaging itself. You can't physically show up, so you make the box special. That's why they put time and money in their their box. Um, now, some of you might actually have a product that you need to think hard about creating this box and putting a surprise moment in it and do the big deal. Some of you, like, well, we don't have a physical product. We're services. Your contract, you can make a package for your contract. So you might remember back in the day when we would get around um, like a table if you did a big real estate closing or a big enterprise yeah. contract deal. You'd pass mm -hmm. paper around table. It was kind of a pain. Yeah, but a big it, thing. But it was a moment, right? I mean, like, right. you know, kind of had to, we all stood up and shook hands and felt important. So nobody does that anymore. Uh, we we e-sign everything, right? We send DocuSign and whatever. And so it's great, um, but we lost the moment. So here's what our clients are starting to do. They're still e-signing because it's still better. But after it's all signed, then they take the contract, they print it on this really nice parchment paper, and they put it in a custom leather folio stamp, their client's name on it in big lettering, our name's on it in smaller lettering, right? We're there, but we're Yoda, they're the hero, they're Luke or Ray or whatever hero you want to be. And they uh, they set the whole thing up, and then you give them this like really fancy document, you know, folder. And the idea is it's a box for your contract. And it's so cool, they would put it on their desk and be like, look... I'm the kind of business person that does deals like this. I mean, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not bragging, but like, yeah, that's, that's kind of how cool I am. And they don't want to throw your contract away because they feel cool. That's a way, these are ways to either have a live event, have them come to your site and you host them like Chick-fil-A, go to their world and host them, or maybe just make a moment out of the packaging so they feel special. 
it doesn't have to happen every time. It doesn't, not every week, but once or twice in the year or in the project, you just do this little thing like Ritz, right? I mean, you don't, you can't do that every day. It actually would kind of lose some of its magic, but once during a visit, you just do a little something that pops and that's enough. Um, and it, it's the story spread and people talk about it. And I know I've got three friends of mine who've told me Ritz stories over the years of this special thing they've done and it it's cool stuff. So this, this is the magic on how you get people who love you to start talking about you. I mean, this is, if you do all the other engine, they love you. But loving fans are not raving fans. If you want them to rave, you got to create this memorable moment, make it pop. And then, then they will go tell the world because it is a way to prove to themselves and the world they really are awesome because they work with you. Love it. That is right there, the secret to raving fans, for sure, creating those opportunities and those moments. Thanks for spending some time with us on your journey to legendary. If you enjoyed this episode and want more content like this, you may want to sign up for our newsletter. You can do that and learn about all the ways we are helping leaders build legendary brands at swazconsulting.com. That's www.swozconsulting.com. Greatness is possible. You just have to build the right engine.